Special Wednesday edition. Now, normally I'm going to be doing my podcast on Fridays. Although, we'll see where this goes because uh, people like to hear from me more than once a week. I might do two a week, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but a lot has happened over the last few days since my last podcast. And I didn't want to be doing like an insane two-hour podcast on Friday. So I thought I'd do uh, a little bit today and then talk about more on Friday. Plus... There's some things that I still haven't seen yet, like America's Got Talent, because that was preempted due to the Trump rally last night. We'll be talking about that here in the first segment, uh, talking about the Trump in Phoenix and Trump rally, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're also going to talk about the busy day and past few days that have been in the sports world. Um, Kyrie Irving has a new home, uh, possible work stoppages in sports. I mean, a lot of stuff going on. And then the third segment, I'm going to be going off about wrestling and wrestling fans, and you're going to sit here and you're going to like it. But first, a quick shout out to my buddy, Justin Santiago. He designed this awesome 80s looking logo for me. Thank you once again for that. Go check out his YouTube channel, Uprising Gaming. He talks about a lot of different games. Right now, he's focusing more on the upcoming WWE 2K18 game, which is coming out in October. He's... Uh, posted a lot of videos of the entrances as they're being released. So go check him out, Uprising Gaming. He's on Twitter, at Uprising Gaming as well. So before we get into Trump, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, that eclipse that happened on Monday. Yeah, was anybody else as underwhelmed as I was? I mean, the only thing more underwhelming the past few days was SummerSlam itself, and I'll get into that, like I said, in the third segment. But uh, we were supposed to get, what, like 67, 68% blockage of the sun. Now, I did notice that it was a little hazy out. It did look a little different outside. I didn't step outside to check out the, the differences in the shadows I was reading about. But, you know, it, it wasn't worth the hype, I don't think. Now, I, I get it if you were in, in the direct path of totality. I understand that it's probably a bigger deal there. But, you know what? For the rest of us, eh, it wasn't worth the hype. And I was seeing that there was a lot of people that were taking pictures with their phones. Uh, NASA was advising against that because they weren't sure if it was damaged uh, the lens on your cameras. Apparently it didn't because I've seen a lot of pictures taken via the uh, smartphones. And I saw pictures afterwards too. So I guess they don't harm the lenses. So good to know for 2022 when the next great eclipse happens. Um we're also going to be having an eclipse, at least here in the Phoenix area, I believe it's 2045, that will be in the path of totality for. So if I'm still around, expect pictures of that. And speaking of pictures, send me some of yours, uh, either on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Dave Sanders Show, or on Twitter at Dave Sand Show. Let me see those. I'll retweet and, uh, and share some of my favorite ones. So far, I've seen two that are amazing. Uh, one from the International Space Station, I believe it was. 
where uh, you could see the curvature of the Earth, the atmosphere transitioning into space. And then you see the eclipse right above that. So that was an awesome picture. I actually made that my header picture on Facebook because of how awesome it looked. The other one I saw was a uh, picture, probably the best photobomb in the history of photobombs. Um, it was a picture of the moon. It looked like it was about, I don't know, 10, 20% maybe covering the sun. But then they zoomed in and you could see a very tiny looking black spot. That was the International Space Station. Awesome picture. Awesome photobomb. Good job, guys. Love it. But yeah, like I said, we have until 2022, so uh, make sure you get those eclipse glasses now because you've seen how fast they run out. But the eclipse was not the end of times, although it probably should have been in all honesty. Um, we had El Presidente, President Trump in uh, the city of Phoenix yesterday, downtown here. He spoke for a good 75 minutes. He talked for a good 75 minutes. Didn't really say much, at least in my opinion. Um, if you could tell me what that rally was supposed to be about outside of um, the media is bad, Fox News is media, but they're less bad, but they're still bad sometimes. Um, the wall and Obamacare will be repealed. Outside of that, can you tell me what this rally was about? By the way, I'm just curious. Do the people in this room like Sheriff Joe? So... Was Sheriff Joe convicted for doing his job? That's what. He should have had a jury, but you know what? I'll make a prediction. I think he's going to be just fine, okay? But, but, I won't do it tonight because I don't want to cause any controversy. Is that okay? Oh, so... You're going to be pardoning someone who was found guilty of a misdemeanor contempt of court. That's what this was about. It was just stuck in there. <sighs> so apparently, in case you didn't get the gist of that, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who was found, like I said, guilty of misdemeanor uh, contempt of court, is going to be pardoned at some point in the future. Now, if you're not familiar with this, uh, he was... Ordered to stop his immigration patrols uh, by the Obama administration. He basically refused. He kept doing it. Uh, had a trial and was told and was found guilty July 31st of this year of being in contempt of court, uh, which is a misdemeanor at the level that he, that he did that. Um, he is scheduled to be sentenced on that in early October. That's unless Trump pardons him between now and then. I don't agree with it. And I want to thank everybody on the uh, Twitter page for voting and responding to the poll. Uh, it looks like it's a good two-thirds of you are no. Uh, there's one-third of you that are voting yes that you should be pardoned. Uh, thank you to everybody who's retweeted, liked, and responded once again to the question of the week. Um, I, I don't... I don't see that being a favorable outcome for a lot of people as far as if you do something, if you order to do something, if you're in the government and another government agency which has control over you tells you to do something and you don't do it, you would think you'd be held responsible for that. But I guess not because you have friends in high places. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I don't think he should be pardoned. I think if anything, he should serve whatever 
sentence he's going to get. But yeah, that was that was pretty much the gist of it between the whole support for Arpaio thing, which a lot of people were cheering for. Uh, as you heard in the quote, he basically is saying he's not going to pardon him now, but he has a very good feeling that he'll be okay. I mean, he basically just pardoned him right there without saying it. Um, but for a majority of his, uh, or a good chunk of his speech, I should say, I would say a little over a third, he was bashing the media, namely CNN, the New York Times, and uh, NBC, for their, quote, fake news and fake reporting and not having all the facts. And then he proceeded <laughs> to read a transcript of his remarks about Charlottesville. Oh, my God. So, I'm going to be outright honest here. I haven't watched a Trump speech from start to finish since the election, pretty much. Is this what all of his speeches are like? Is, is it a lot of talking and saying nothing? Is it like my podcast? I know I talk. I know I don't say a lot, but I know I, I, I at least openly admit that. <sighs> but yeah, Trump has uh, decided to use his platform to, I guess, blast the media now. Something, I, I mean, Obama was not liked in the media. I mean, we all know that. A lot of people did not like him. He never came against the media the way that Trump has. Bush never did. I mean, Bush Bush was lit up weekly. There were, there were segments dedicated to the stupid stuff that Bush, that W said. He didn't even bash the media or want them to, uh, I, I just don't understand. Any supporters out there that are listening to this, make me understand what he's trying to do here because as far as I can tell, he didn't really say anything to help heal the country. He said a lot of uh, rhetoric saying, oh, the wall. Oh, repeal Obamacare. Oh, bring jobs back. Oh, get out of NATO. Oh, North Korea. Oh, North Korea respecting us. That, that was the lie of the night to me. I mean, good God. I mean, seriously, good God, he actually said that. He actually said they're respecting us. And then, coincidence, this morning, there's reports of him, of uh, Kim Jong-un, deciding to look at missiles and inspect missiles. All of a sudden, it's like, I don't think he respects us. Like, I don't think you know the meaning of this word. But, uh, Phoenix, I am a little disappointed in you. Because uh, after, the, after the rally, the speech, everything ended... Not even 10 minutes after he stopped talking, there was apparently smoke grenades going off. Now, Phoenix PD is saying that the first smoke grenade was not detonated by them. It was detonated by someone in the crowd. Of course, both sides are pointing fingers at each other. We don't know what the truth is. You always know there's two sides of the story, and then there's the truth. Thank you, Bob Rivers, for telling me that. I I don't know what, what caused it, but from... A majority of what I saw uh, in the footage I saw, a lot of people were being peaceful. There was a few agitators out there. Uh, the guy that was, uh, is now infamous uh, and Killing Spree shared this video and I actually saw it live. Uh, Killing Spree is a good friend of mine from the Late Night Death Show on KGRG, which went on for 12 years. Um, he shared a bit, the video and I, I, like I said, I saw it live of the guy who kicked a smoke grenade back at the cops and then they didn't like that so they shot him with a rubber bullet 
Now, they shot him down downstairs, basically. Shot him in the balls. I don't know if that was their intent, but now he's infamous for it. Um, but when he said that, I had to respond with the, uh, yeah, I saw that live, but and the, re- the reporters at the time went nuts. Hashtag pun intended. Um, don't do stupid shit, and stupid shit won't happen to you. That, that's the gist of it. You're going to act like an idiot. You're going to get treated like one. Now, I'm not pro-protesters. I'm not anti-protesters. I'm, not any, I'm anti-idiot, if anything. I'm anti-stupid. And that guy was being stupid. I, I don't... I understand the, the reasonings for, their, for the protests, the peaceful protests... I'm, I am 100% behind that. Do you want to protest peacefully? By all means, do what you need to do. But when you start being stupid, kicking things, kicking rocks, throwing bottles, trying to destroy property, that's when it's like, yeah, you know what? You need to go. You need to be arrested. Bye. There's a lot of people that say that if you think that way, that you're supporting Trump and you're supporting the white supremacists and the Nazis and the blah, blah, blah. No. I'm not. I'm supporting people's right to protest peacefully, but I'm also supporting idiots being put in jail for being idiots. There are a lot of instances of peaceful protests where there haven't had been any problems. It seems like those are now few and far between, and the times that those do happen, I think those need to be shown more to show that there is people out there that actually don't want to cause problems and don't want to riot and don't want to be arrested. Five people were arrested last night. Uh, two were uh, due to the protesting. They were just not listening at all. Two for attempted destruction of property and one was not even having to do with the event itself. Actually, he was uh, found to have a warrant on him for something. I don't know what it was, but they, they, found, a, they found a warrant on him. Um, but overall, for the most part, it was a peaceful night. There was a couple instances. It wasn't huge. It, like, like it looked like he was going to be there for a while, but yeah, I, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand Trump. I don't understand why he elicits this kind of reaction. Make me understand. Let me know at the Dave Sand Show on Twitter, or sorry, at Dave Sand Show on Twitter, on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Dave Sanders Show. Let me know what I was supposed to take away from that last night and how he's healing the country with these kind of speeches. I, I, I'm not saying that condescendingly. I, I want to know how is anything that he's doing helping right now. We're going to switch gears in the next segment. Uh, we're going to talk about the past few days in the sports world a lot's happened like I said Kyrie has a new Kyrie Irving has a new home uh one sport might not have a home and uh one athlete doesn't have anything what he won uh, last month we'll go into that in the next segment right here after waking things this is there's a live version of their song pretend that was recorded in KGRG studios at the beginning of my morning show the buzz that I was a part of this was done in you know, around September October of 2015 this is Waking Things with Pretend, live from KGRG Studios. You're listening to The Dave Sanders Show.
like to pretend The lights are the veins of a city that's sick I like to pretend The beast is swimming under the blue I like to pretend That I'm invisible To avoid Nervous thoughts between and you Isn't it better Not knowing Nothing at all Isn't it better? Making up makes me sick, but so does being alone. So I'll make it up as I go. Sure enough, you're a thought. You're just intangible too No need to avoid nervous thoughts Between me and you I like to pretend that I'm invisible Dave Sanders show. Uh, my name is Dave Sanders, hence the name of the show. I'm your host. 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the world of sports the past few days because a lot has happened since Friday uh, when I talked to you. Um, Kyrie Irving, for now former point guard of the uh, Cavaliers, has been traded to the Boston Celtics in the latest mega trade. He uh, was traded by himself for a, uh, a group of players from Boston. Now, Boston sent to Cleveland Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, I can't pronounce the first name, so I'm not going to try uh, Zizek. And also a protected first-round pick via Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I, I did not think that was going to happen. I mean, I, the rumors were out there for a while that Kyrie was on the move. Uh, we all know about the, the growing tensions between him and LeBron James over the past couple months. Uh, speaking of LeBron, he had this to say, that's the only way to be to the kid. Special talent guy, nothing but respect, and what a ride is! it was our three years together, young goad. Uh, that was LeBron James speaking on Kyrie Irving. He uh, tweeted that out short, uh, a couple hours after the trade was made official. Um, if, if I was the East right now, I'd just go all in on Boston and hopefully they can... Uh, that's what it seems like he's going to be now in the NBA. It's the West has gone all in on the Warriors. There's some up and coming teams up there. There's the Timberwolves. There's the um, there's the Blazers who are still pretty decent, but no one is even close to the level of Golden State right now, and that's going to hurt basketball in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of people are not going to watch the games because oh, the Warriors are just going to win anyways. Oh, the Cavs are just going to win anyways. Oh, Boston is just going to win anyways. I mean, at least now there's a third team. Be, up until this trade, it was basically uh, Golden State and Cleveland. Those, those are your choices. Boston might be a dark horse, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Boston and Cleveland final. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, Boston uh, opens the season against Cleveland this year. So that should be an interesting game uh, given this trade. But I... I I don't know how much basketball I'm going to watch this year. I mean, Phoenix, State don't have a bad team, but eh. I would like to see Kyrie come here, honestly. Speaking of sports, we're not going to be watching, uh, at least from what it's sounding like, in about four years. Uh, The NFL might be on a lockout, and we're already talking about a lockout potentially in 2021, and it's only 2017. I think it's time to worry. Like, part of me says, yeah, sound the alarms, it's DEFCON 1 right now. But the other half of me is like, okay, he threw this out there. Maybe they want to get something done now. Maybe they want to take whatever grievances they have and try and work these out before we get to that point. Because, I mean, there's been plenty of times uh, in the NBA and MLB specifically that it's gone down to the 11th hour. It's gone down to the very last second. It's like, will we be playing tomorrow? I don't know. And then all of a sudden... 11.59 comes, oh, we have a deal now. Where was that all this time? Why weren't you working on this this whole time? But the NFLPA president, Eric Winston, uh, said that a lockout at this point would be inevitable in 2021. Uh, he blames Goodell uh, for a lot of that, and so do we as fans. I mean, Goodell has made some pretty controversial, quote-unquote, protect the shield type uh, decisions over the years. Um, 
His latest one is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games. Even though he was found innocent, or at least wasn't found guilty of what he was accused of, he's still going to be suspended for six games, apparently. I don't get that. That's me. I'm not even a Cowboys fan, and I don't get that. And I think that's kind of bad. Um, when you have people like uh, Ray Rice, who was officially suspended for two games for having been caught on camera knocking out his wife. He's not in the league because no one wants that PR nightmare, but officially he was only suspended for two games. You have Adrian Peterson, who's in the league, who's suspended, what, four games, I think, for spanking his son with a switch. You have a lot of people um, that are blaming the Kaepernick situation for falling ratings. Either On either side of this, you have people who are in support of Kaepernick who are refusing to watch because they believe in Kaepernick's cause. You have the other side of people who are uh, saying that they will not watch because Kaepernick started this whole uh, movement to kneel, sit, whatever during the anthem. Yeah, I mean, did people even realize that up until uh, 2002, I think it was, it was shortly after 9-11, up until then... Football players stayed in the locker room during the anthem. They didn't even come out. Did people realize that? I, I don't think they do. But that's being blamed now because of disrespect for the flag, disrespect for the country, um, which everyone has their opinion on it. And they're entitled to that. But at the same time, though, this wasn't like they weren't even required to be on the field until 2002. So eh, it's kind of. Moot point, in my opinion. I mean, you have Marshawn Lynch who's being blasted in the in the media for it, uh, even though he's done it pretty much his whole career, and it's not as a protest. He just doesn't stand. I mean, he's Marshawn Lynch. Of course, he's going to be doing something that people don't agree with. But the other problem that's going on right now in the NFL, and this is a probably bigger than any of the problems, their ratings are declining. It's for a a bunch of reasons. It's not just the Kaepernick. And the players kneeling uh, issues, it's not that. A lot of it, too, is the quality of play is not what it once was. A lot of it is the, the rulings that are happening by Goodell. The, the rules changes. There's, there's a few that I've actually been behind. I, I, like, I was skeptical of the moving the extra point back to the 15. I'm actually a fan of that because that does change things quite a bit. And in my opinion, it's for the better. Because the extra point was 99.5% automatic. There was very rare, very rare that you would miss an extra point in the NFL unless you were that bad. Unless your name is Roberto Arguello, you were going to make your, your extra points. But the stupid rules uh, change is like, what's a catch anymore? I have never, up until I think it was last year I heard it for the first time, I've never heard if you have control of the ball and the ball hits the ground, it's a catch. I've never heard that before last year. Every time I have seen close calls on catches, you had to have your hands under it. The ball could not, even the tip of the ball couldn't touch the ground to aid it in your catch. Now all of a sudden, the ball can hit the ground. Even if you have your hands around the sides of it, that's a catch now. If it's not, I don't know. What, what is a catch? We joke about it, but seriously, we don't know what a catch is anymore. Oh, well, the catch is if he catches the ball and then makes a football motion. What the hell is a football motion? How many steps is that? Is it as many steps as traveling in the NBA? 
Because then, who knows how many steps that's going to be. Is it he turns around and faces toward the end zone? Is it, what, what if he's running uh, an out pattern and he's running toward the sideline? Is that not a football motion then? I mean, seriously, what is a catch now? These are the things that are driving people away from the NFL because they don't want to watch it anymore. They don't want to, they don't want to watch their teams get screwed over by refs. They don't want to watch their teams not be able to have fun out there. They don't want to watch their teams get the shaft. And that's what's happening a lot, a lot more often. It's not even the replacement refs anymore. If there was any time for an XFL comeback, if there was any time for a new league to pop up and be an alternative to the NFL, it's now. Speaking of uh, things that are inevitably going to be done, John Jones, UFC fighter, uh, just won the light heavyweight title at... The last uh, UFC pay-per-view, I believe it was, what, 241 or something like that? I, I lost count. No, 214, that's what it was. Um, so he won He won, He won. won his title match against Daniel Cormer, then proceeded to call out Brock Lesnar uh, in his post-fight interview, which, of course, led to the whole, is Lesnar leaving WWE? Is he going back to w, uh, or UFC uh, at, at this? Is he going to drop the title at SummerSlam? I'll get into that in the next segment. Right now, we'll uh, end this segment and talk about John Bones Jones and his stupidity because God is, this has got to be one of the stupidest human beings on the planet. So, uh, as you all know, the fighters are subjected to drug testing prior to their fights. Uh, he took a test on July 29th. Actually, sorry, on the way on July 28th, he took a, he took a test for his fight on the 29th. The results came back, and it looks like he failed. Looks like he had uh, failed for steroids. <laughs> at least it's not the cocaine, like like what happened before. So at least it's not that question mark. But um, yeah, John Jones is probably done in the UFC. If he's not done by now, I don't I don't know if the UFC can be looked as respected respectable company anymore. Because how many chances has this guy had now? This is what his third or fourth chance. I don't think he's done fighting. I think he's done in the UFC. I mean, there's if there's Bellator out there, they'll sign anybody. They don't care. And that's not a good good look on him, but they'll sign anybody. But uh, he just turned 30 in July. Uh, claimed that he was this changed man, that he's no longer on the drugs of any kind. He's, he's changed his life around completely. Um, White has not stripped him of the title yet. It is... Um, it is looking like it's going to happen very soon. Uh, Dana White, the president of the UFC, has said, though, he will never headline another UFC pay-per-view. Um, I, in my opinion, I don't think he should be on another UFC pay-per-view. Who knows, maybe he'll go to the WWE, but then even then, they have their testing policy now, so he wouldn't even make it there. But what do you think? John Jones, is he done in the UFC? Let me know uh, on the Twitter at Dave Sancho or on Facebook Facebook.com slash The Dave Sanders Show. Uh, break for a song, and then we'll come back and talk about SummerSlam weekend and why I hate the fans. Right after Kirby Crackle, this is Ring Capacity right here on The Dave Sanders Show. Through the cold 
of space It seems I've yet to find my place I'm guarding 2814 I don't know why it's chosen me But from the corner of my eye I catch a glimpse of evil light The fear tries to swallow me Like I'm just some guy with an listening to the Dave Sanders show. I am your host Dave Sanders, hence the name of the show. Well, this was the second biggest week of the WWE calendar. It was SummerSlam weekend. Good lord, that was a long week. I did the math. It was since Saturday, since Takeover Brooklyn 3, 13 and a half hours of programming. In four days. You talk about overexposure. <laughs> that that's overexposure. And I don't and that's not a good thing. You could tell by the time even halfway through Sunday rolled around that fans were getting fatigued. Monday, I'll get to Monday in a minute because that was just outright wrong what happened there. But NST Takeover was the show of the weekend, uh headlined by Bobby Roode. Uh, defending his NXT title against Drew McIntyre on his return tour in the the WWE. Uh, Rude did end up losing, which led to 
yes, a glorious moment later in the week. I'll get to that here in a minute. But TakeOver uh, saw the debut of a few talents that we've been waiting to see in the WWE in some capacity. Uh, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. As well as Adam Cole, baby! Finally in the WWE. And it looks like they're going to be teaming up in a stable. Hoping that my friend Justin, who designed the uh, logo, once again check out Uprising Gaming for WWE 2K18 uh, videos on there. But I'm hoping his name for the stable is actually, is actually the name for the stable, Honor Rising, because that would be great. But TakeOver, um, probably the match of the night for me, by far, was Hideo Itami versus Aleister Black. That was a great match from top to bottom. I tweeted out all the matches. I said that was going to be one of the hardest-hitting matches of the weekend. It, it, it was the hardest-hitting match of the weekend, I think. So many stiff tips. Stiff kicks, somebody hits. Uh, um, Alistair Black was bleeding after a while. I mean, it was just a great match. Then we get to SummerSlam. I, I won't go over the results too much. All, I, all I'm going to talk about this is a couple of things. Uh, the first one being, why the hell would you put your best match on the pre-show? The Usos versus The New Day stole the show on Sunday um, before the actual show even started. They gave that away for free on the pre-show while we had stuff like Rusev versus Randy Orton in their 22nd um, quote match. You had the Big Show and Big Cass match that nobody cared about. Uh, You had a lot of things going on there that shouldn't have happened. And one of those things, which I'll touch on this one now, um, the Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt feud could have been by far the feud of the second half of the year for the WWE if they handled it better. They rushed the demon back so fast. And and to me, it's lost a lot of meaning to be the demon. Here's how I would have booked the Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor feud. And this could have actually even headlined Survivor Series. Or at least been one of the top tier matches of Survivor Series. But now it's just going to be a forgotten about feud that nobody cares about because Finn's already won. So what you're supposed, what I would have done, was have Bray continue to taunt Balor for a while now, like have Finn lose to lose to Bray at SummerSlam, non-demon. I wouldn't have even done last last Monday uh, match on Raw, which set up the whole demon coming back. No, I would have had. Had them interact a little bit via promos on Raw. Have Finn lose at SummerSlam. Then I would have Bray playing mind games with Finn. And have Finn slowly have a slow burn happening. Where Finn was getting more and more bothered. More and more in a different state of mind. Maybe have Finn versus Bray at uh, no, at whatever the next Raw pay-per-view is going to be. Um, where Bray once again wins. But have Finn get just that much closer, but have Bray steal the win somehow. And then at the end of that match, have Bray, have Finn go away for eh, about three to four weeks, leading up to Survivor Series. You have Finn Balor, who's been off TV for three, four weeks now. You have Bray coming out, constantly reminding reminding us that he drove Finn Balor from the WWE, that he... 
he wasn't able to bring out the demon. Like, have, have subtle clues to the demon coming back. At Survivor Series, you have Bray come out first during the match. You, you, you haven't announced that Bray's going to face Finn Balor one way or another. That if he has to drag him, drag him into the arena, that he would. When Bray's, or when Finn's music hits and the, the heartbeat part of the music hits for the demon, that place would have blown up had that happened. Have the slow burn to the demon come back. Have it be a three-month program where Finn will eventually get the win. That will show that, A, Bray can control the demons in people because he brought the demon out of Finn Balor. B, it saves the demon till then and it makes it a bigger deal than just Oh, he had ascetic liquid pointed on that. That's going to bring out the demon in him. Oh my God, he's so scary. No. That, to me, the demon is ruined. And it's because of their fast-tracking of it. Vince, you really need to hire some wrestling writers, not these soap opera and entertainment and reality show writers. I mean, seriously. Get some actual wrestling writers. But SummerSlam ended on a high note with the Fatal 4-Way match. Brock Lesnar, the Universal Champion, and Braun Strowman. If he wasn't a star before then, I mean, in my opinion, he was. But in the casual fan, if he was not... If he was not a star before then, then he is now. Because, good Lord, he busted his ass that night. I cannot wait for Brock versus Braun... At, at the next pay-per-view because, oh, wow, that Braun uh, power slamming him and Brock through th- two announce tables and then flipping a third announce table on top of him, having Brock basically sell it like death, have Paul sell it like Brock was dead. That, I mean, it was just genius. What was not genius and what actually disappointed me a little bit was Samoa Joe's booking in the match. It's like he wasn't even there. He had a strong showing against some, uh, Brock Lesnar at great at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view a couple months ago. And now it's just like, eh, we're done with you now. You did, you did your part. Now you just put on a couple uh, chokeholds and and then roll out of the ring. That's all you get to do. Leave it to the, to the three that we actually want in the main event. Brock Lesnar did come out on top. I actually pinned Roman Reigns, which that was a surprise. I, I thought they would have had Joe take the pin regardless if we won. But that's all right. Brock is still your reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion. My best, Paul Heyman. That's all you're getting. But then we go from SummerSlam into Raw. I'm not really going to talk about Raw, the actual action, very much. I'm going to talk about something that irked me and irked a lot of other people that I know. And I saw mixed reactions on Twitter about this. If you go to a wrestling show and you pay a lot of money, I'm sure they paid a lot of money for this show because it was the night after the second biggest weekend of the year for the WWE. You would think that you would want to, you know, pay attention to the action in the ring, get your money's worth. But no, apparently a large number of people decided, yeah, we're going to, we're going to play with some beach balls. Oh, we're, we're going to do the wave. We're going to be disrespectful as all hell to the performers of the ring just because we can. 
We're Brooklyn. We're a smart crowd. We, people like when we do this. There's times where it's cute. There's times where some of the chants are pretty cool. And yeah, that's fine. But the hour I disrespect people that are in the ring trying to entertain you by playing with a beach ball. This happened on Sunday too during Survivor Series. And Cesaro actually jumped off the corner, ran into the crowd, and popped the beach ball. Which actually elicited a, a huge amount of cheers, ironically. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you would go to a show and not watch what you paid for. I, I get having fun at shows. I get that. I, I don't get the blatant disrespect that these people are showing. And then to have John Cena egging it on in the main event later on that night because they brought out more beach balls, to have him egging it on and praising the crowd afterwards. That that crowd doesn't deserve praise. They don't deserve to have you guys come back. That's what they deserve. They deserve to not have SummerSlam next year. They deserve to not be able to have you guys at all for probably about a year or two. The Miz cut a promo earlier in the night that rings home and, and actually... Speaks volumes after what happened on uh, on Monday and numerous times throughout the night. I mean, this got so bad, and it's reported today that uh, WWE has actually made made an, an addition to their banned items list of anything from the beach, including beach balls. It shouldn't have to come to that. It it, it should be common sense not to bring this kind of stuff to a wrestling event. These people are putting on a show for you. They're they're putting their bodies at risk for you. And you can't give them the decent respect to, to watch them. And I know not everybody's your cup of tea. I know Jason Jordan's in a crap angle right now. But you took away from an actual, I would say, very solid to almost good match on Raw by playing with your damn beach balls. Because the... the the cameras sought after it. The cameras started showing the beach balls. The announcers started talking about it. Took away from the match. Took away from what they were trying to do. SmackDown, on the other hand, because the beach ball ban was uh, was instituted that before that show went on, was a lot better. I mean, the crowd was more into it anyways. I mean, how can you not be into a show with AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, uh, Rizongo... Shinsuke, Baron Corbin. How can you not be into a show with that level of talent on there? Well, if there was any doubt in that before, if if you doubt SmackDown, you shouldn't anymore because as of last night, SmackDown became simply glorious. That's right. Bobby Roode is a part of the SmackDown Live roster and I could not be happier for him. Bobby Roode, when he was in TNA, uh, when I first started watching it in 2005, was a part of a stable called Team Canada with Eric Young, who is now with Sanity, uh, P.D. Williams, led by a manager named Scott Demore. I pointed at, to my friend my, and my roommate at the time, um, that I pointed at Bobby Roode and I said, that guy's going to be a future world champion. Mark my words. He was a champion in TNA multiple times. He had probably one of the most underrated and underappreciated feuds 
of the years that he was in there with Austin Aries. He was also part of the tag team with him. That was very underrated. I mean, Bobby Roode, and I said this last night in, in, my, uh, in my Facebook group, Bobby Roode was the most WWE main roster ready wrestler to go to NXT. I got responses back saying, no, Kevin Owens was. Kevin Owens needed NXT for a little bit. NXT needed Kevin Owens for a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But Kevin Owens needed to learn to work the WWE style. Bobby Roode has been working the WWE style in TNA and Global Force Wrestling for the last 10 years. He was there to build his brand on the WWE side. And I think it worked. But Bobby Roode defeated Aiden English in his uh, debut. He's going to be a big player on SmackDown, I guarantee it. Overall, though, the the show of the weekend, NXT TakeOver by far, SmackDown Live was below it. SummerSlam was third, Raw way down low, and it's because of you fans. Match of the weekend, oh man, this one is actually one tough one to pick. I'm going to go... Ah, and it's going to be a close one. I'm going to say Hideo Itami and Alistair Black was my match of the week. By far. Actually, no, not by far. It was close. I would put that, I would put the Usos, New Day, right below it, and I would put the Fatal 4 right below that. They're all within touching each other, basically, of how close they are. But what what do you think? What do you think was the match of the weekend? What do you think of the fans' uh, actions on Raw and part of SummerSlam? Let me know at Dave Sancho on Twitter. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Dave Sanders show. Uh, really quickly, another big uh, story coming out of Raw. Big Cass uh, did su- suffer a legitimate injury. He went over the top rope and landed awkwardly on, uh, on the floor. It is reported that he has a torn ACL. Looks like it's going to be about a nine-month uh, recovery time. I know Seth Rollins just had a similar injury. He was out for almost a year, so I uh, hope, hope to see you back soon, Big Cass, but hopefully they can repackage him and make him a bigger deal because I see him as the next Kevin Nash, and I think that he can be big if he's positioned properly. Also, really quick, uh, Ric Flair update. Uh, he is alert, awake, conscious, communicating. Uh, it's reported he even cut a promo on a, new, on a nurse, so... Rick feeling like his old self a little bit. Reports still not are saying that he's still not out of the woods, but he is at least alert and communicating. So get well soon, Nate. Woo! Uh, we'll be back to wrap up this show, and we'll be uh, hearing from Carter Road up next. Uh, this is their song "Rock in a Headcase." Check them out. Their Facebook page is going to be in the description of the show here, and you can find out more about their music and where they're going to be touring next. I believe they're going to be up in the uh, Pensacola, Florida area this weekend. So check out their Facebook page for that. You'll see me today. Show. I had a girl come over last night. She had a few drinks and we got to a fight. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I kind of liked it. She shoved me back and I started to fall. So I grabbed her Just looking to have some fun And now this chick 
But that body looked right, I was invited Well, I figured I should try it An hour later, we're at her place Them lights came on and I saw that face Here we go again But hey, baby, can we just be friends? I was just looking to have some fun Now this chick's got me on the run I say I'm caught between a rock Caught between a rock and a Into the Dave Sanders Show. I am your host, Dave Sanders. Uh, it's time to get out of here for today. Uh, like I said, this has been a special edition of the show. I'm still going to be doing a show on Friday where I'm going to be recapping uh, America's Got Talent, the live show week two. Wasn't able to watch that last night because of the whole uh, Trump speech and everything. All the local channels were fixated on that. So I'll be watching that after I upload the show today. Uh, and then the results tonight, we'll be talking about who's going home. And if anybody has snuck into my top three, which you can find that on Twitter, at Dave Sancho. Also, I uh, might be talking a little bit about uh, the AMC, AMC series Preacher, uh, as it took kind of a weird-slash-blasphemous-slash-hilarious turn this week. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it, it, it took a turn. But we'll talk more about that, and we'll uh, start previewing some of the... Some of the TV shows coming out this fall. I'm excited for quite a few of them, uh, both returning and new. So we'll talk about that on the show. Anything else you want me to talk about, just shoot me a tweet at The Dave Sanders Show or on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Dave Sanders Show. Once again, if you're in a band or know of a band that uh, wants to have a sh- uh, song showcased on here on my podcast, let me know by sending it to... The Dave Sanders Show at sorry, the Dave Sanders Show at gmail.com. If you have a podcast that you want to promote, if you have like a little 15, 30, 60 second clip uh, that you want to use as a commercial, also send that to me at the same email address. Until Friday, be good humans out there. <laughs>